And hi, guys. Welcome to ATP Media, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always wonderful to be with you again. We're going to chat with Neil Gore today, and he's got some fascinating things to show us. And uh, But first, let me see if I can get my... Um, my video playing, here we go. The intro. <laughs> I'll get this happening, it's a bit clunky. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? <laughs> Got it going. <laughs> hey, Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, having me Karen. Good to be here with you. So Neil is in, we were just chatting about it, he's in Mexico at the moment, about to head back to the States, back to California, a couple of hours after we finished this conversation. But we are live uh, on, on YouTube and I thought it would be great for um, people, oh, you're, you're saying hello already, that's great. <laughs> he's, he's a tech whiz, this guy, a tech whiz, I tell you. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've got lots to talk about today, but let me tell you, let me just share a bit about Neil from his bio. So Neil Gore born, was born in London, and moved to Southern California with his sisters and his parents when he was 12. His family practiced Hinduism. Thus, Neil followed the traditions and ritual of his parents, but never really had any concrete religious beliefs. After high school, Neil went to California State University and began interacting with people uh, from all over the world, exploring a wide range of things like music and poetry, creating spoken word pieces and freestyle rapping with friends. His poetry portrayed a lot of universal and spiritual questions with a cosmic twist. In 2021, Neil discovered Nassim Haramain, Jim Self and Jordan Maxwell, an Aussie. Absorbing information at a rapid rate, he went down the rabbit hole, learning about Sumerian civilizations, the Anunnaki, tracking the bloodlines throughout of the elite throughout ancient history and exploring the nature of sound and vibration. Reading the traditions of the Sumerian scriptures, Neil found that they were the same stories found throughout many religions, but these scriptures dated back thousands of years before religious records. The texts were talking about interdimensional beings. Could it be that most of the stories of the prophets and the gods of that day were actually about beings from other planets or other dimensions? This awareness brought him back to his Hindu roots. He saw how the Hindus spoke of vibration and frequency and how this connects to a holistic practices such as yoga, meditation, singing, sound and healthy living. He saw the comparisons with other ancient texts and realized these scriptures are speaking of frequency and quantum realms, which Western science is discovering today and how positive thought is truly the science of frequency. Delving deep into conspiracy and global corruption, Neil felt there is a disconnect in the world and humanity is being manipulated and controlled by not understanding our innate powers of creation and sovereignty. In 2011, Neil uh, met his best friend, Sol, and they travelled the US hosting conscious events. They are married now. Is Sol with you in Mexico? 
No, actually, update. Dumb divorce four months ago. Haven't updated them. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> it's all good though. We're, we're still friends. <laughs> oh, anyway, I won't read yeah. the next bit. A philosopher. <laughs> I need to update my bio, huh? <laughs> A philosopher, yeah, because I got this off your website. Tweaked it from your website. A philosopher, historian, researcher, and spoken work art word artist. Today, Neil Gore is the founder of Portals to Ascension, a conscious event production company hosting a wide range of presenters on a variety of topics such as the origins of humanity, the existence of extraterrestrial life, exposing hidden truths, and exploring spirituality and the nature of reality. He has created over 1,100 fully produced events. Might need an update on that too. Tours, (laughs) webinars, retreats. Portal to Ascension has worked with over 1,500 researchers, spiritualists, scientists, conscious explorers, teachers, and experiencers. Neil facilitates gatherings and documentaries to empower the individual to reclaim their sovereignty and awaken to their full potential. Oh, wow. You're doing good work, honey one. Thank you so much. (laughs) So it started with poetry. You're going to do some poetry for us today? Yeah, yeah, I will, actually. That'd be very cool. Let's go, let's go into your story. I'd love to discuss the, um, you know, as, as I said to you before we started recording, the Hindu, how you were brought up, because this was, this was uh, Deepak Chopra's um, realisation too when his grandmother was telling him to, like, listen to the Hindu scriptures. He's thinking, ah, that's old school. I, ah. I want science. I want science. And he moved to the right. States, became a doctor, and then kept delving down the consciousness rabbit hole to realise that what science was, you know, exploring like 20 years ago, starting to explore the Hindus had been talking about for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah, that was my realization too when I, you know, found the understanding of vibration and frequency by looking at other ancient cultures, firstly the Sumerian scriptures, and then looking at what their text was referring to in regards to some advanced science, some um, ancient wisdom, and when it came to even symbols like the serpent representing wormholes and black holes, You know, so that kind of just took me to a realization that everything is vibration. And I started connecting the dots that yoga, meditation, Ayurvedic food, mantras were all just an ancient form of quantum physics that we're only now rediscovering. But then Hinduism kind of lost its way. And that goes into the whole of the devolution of consciousness because, you know, Hinduism, the Vedic awareness spans for thousands of years. And as we devolved in consciousness, it became more ritualistic thereby doing things contractually, right? If I do this, this, and this, I will get this. If I say this chant, I'll get this. Not really knowing where it came from. So when I started understanding where it all came from, the ancient history of it all, I came back to this, you know, the religion. Yeah, actually, that's that's exactly, we because Australia is so close to India, we have a lot mm-hmm. of Indian tradition here, a lot of puja, a lot of kirtan, lots of stuff going on. And this is what I'm finding with people, you know, they get very involved in the, in the ritual of it. But, and but still they're kind of, their life is a bit of a mess. Not everybody, obviously, but, but many people. So it's like with any religion, we, we sort of chant the chants and say the words and do the ritual, but there's a disconnect between how that lands in our daily life and how that can enrich us what what do you think that disconnect is yeah because it's become as we both just said it's become so ritualistic that it's literally like 
if I do this action, this action, this action, I will get this from God. If I um, go to confession, right, Catholicism, and I say my sins to this priest, I'll be forgiven and everything will start um, from fresh. So we've not only disconnected from source and the vibration and the, and the true wisdom, but we've also added so much man-made information into the text, right? Christianity is a great example. It's one of the most documented ancient, um, or one of the most documented religions that have had so many manipulations happen to the text, starting all the way at the Council of Nicaea with Constantine, taking out all these gospels and then recreating things and adding verses, you know? So we have the truth, which are pretty much fundamentally the same across all cultures, right? Be good to thy neighbor, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And then you have all these other things, judge this person, do not, um, this, these people are not going to God because they do not follow your God. So it's really about dissecting and going to the original information and so that's it's not like all religion is completely bs a lot of religion have some amazing truths within it but it became institutionalized it became organized and it became corrupted by the elite who wanted to utilize it to keep control over us because all these ancient religions were trying to do what teach us how to be liberated sovereign beings and be responsible for our own lives and to take care of others but we've been in the system now where that doesn't really benefit the chosen the believe the, the few that believe they're the chosen ones to rule over us it doesn't benefit them so you know that's why i go back to the council of nicaea quite a lot because the roman empire was really a foundation for what we're still experiencing now and part of that was how can we utilize Christianity, which is becoming the number one religion in all of Rome, in a way that doesn't take away the power from the emperor. And part of that was let's create this whole entire uh, thing in our image. Let's, let's rein in all of these priests and popes and bishops and let's create a concise book that makes sure it still allows for there to be some sort of hierarchy and control. Ah, interesting. So as we evolve as a human consciousness, so I, I see that everything that you're doing with Portal and all the stuff that you're doing is to try and, you know, impart information and teach people how to take back their power and their sovereignty. Do you think that as people do, religion will disappear, like religion will crumble? Or what do yeah. you, what do you see? The, where do you see the future going with spirituality versus religion? Will they come together? Will they become more separate? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a big question. Well, the more we remember our connection to source, right? Because the reason why we have all these religions trying to figure it out is because we don't all have that remembrance. So if we all start remembering our connection to source, the fractalization of consciousness, tapping into the Akashic records, knowing about our extraterrestrial lives and our simultaneous lives, I think there will be more of a code consensus around all of, all of humanity of what it means to be spiritual and once we have that there won't have to be so many fractalizations of this is the only way to god so part of it might be the beginning phrases might phases might be the acceptance of all culture all religions as a path to the ultimate destination like the rig veda says for example the rig veda has a quote there are many pathways to the same destination. And that quote is pretty much the premise of why there is no way to convert into Hinduism because many, every path goes to the same place. So I think firstly, we're gonna probably have, get to a place of acceptance. But then ultimately, as we start remembering, we start dealing with our collective traumas. We realize the, the game that we chose to experience on earth. There will be um, probably some sort of universal religion, right? And this is a religion of non-religion because religion has this, kind of like connotation now of being or an organized religion, more of a spiritual energy. I like to call it non-dogmatic spiritualism, you know, being spiritual, not based on dogma. And I feel that that's what we're going to be moving into. And we are moving into it now. However, the 
um, the spiritual component of it all is also the fact that every zodiac age that shifts, right? So like every 2000 years, there's a new zodiac. We, um, 2000 years ago, we turned into Pisces, right? Which was the fish, which is why the M, the symbol for Jesus is the fish. 2000 years before that, there was another religion. 2000 years before that, there was another religion. Um, a great example is when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and he like struck the land and the earth uh, went open and all these people fell into the earth. Um, and he was basically saying, you're worshiping the old gods. That was the whole premise of what Moses was doing. But what actually happened was, is there, his people, the Israelites, were following the religion of the old Zodiac. Moses was, went up to Mount Sinai and came down with a new covenant for the new Zodiac. And there was a new religion. So firstly, I don't think he actually struck them down and killed them. I think that was the man-made stuff. But secondly, what that story really represents was the end of the old religion, the beginning of a new one. So now, fast forward thousands of years later, we're in the age of Aquarius. So if history teaches us anything, every zodiac age that turns shifts, a new religion becomes the predominant faith on the planet. But because of globalization, technology, uh, science, and even atheism, where people are getting rid of that and finding something else now. We're now getting to an understanding of vibration and frequency that I feel will lead us to a universal religion. So it's inevitable there will be a new religion, but what it will be, that's yet to be decided. I feel it's going to be some sort of universal consciousness. Yeah, I agree with you. Have you been back to India? Have you been to India at all lately? No, and actually, I just had I just ate Indian food as my last meal here in Mexico, right? <laughs> I just literally walked in from it, and we were just talking about my friend that I just met here that I'm not going to see for a long time. We're talking about meeting up in India, but I haven't been to India lately. I went last time ten years ago, but every time I've been to India, I go with my family, so I never get to do anything on my own. So this time, when I go again, I want to go by myself and do my own thing. I haven't been for a long time. It's been oh, 2004, you know, it's been a while. But what I noticed in India, you know, the religion, the, the hold of religion, I mean, religion has a hold in every country, yeah. but it's just it's just more, I don't know, a, just a bigger hold in, in India. So yeah, you said that you're with your parents, so you're probably not doing um, this sort of thing, consciousness sort of thing. I just wonder how this sort of consciousness information is spreading throughout a country such as india that's so in the grips of religion yeah so i mean in portal to ascension we have people from all over the world yeah. joining in and i have i get emails from people everywhere i've got emails from people in india people tell me that it's not a common thing there and especially when it comes to ufos and extraterrestrials though that isn't really a conversation at all um india for the most part religion's taken a huge hold like even as you said like even in taxi cabs almost every one of them has a ganesh hanging from their um rear view mirror but it doesn't mean that they're spiritual it just means that that's the ritual that they've kind of you know adopted so for most people in india from my experience of them and from you know knowing people here that come from india it's pretty much based mainly on blind faith right now a lot of ritualistic stuff there are people awake i mean india has like the one of the largest populations in the world, right? Um, and they're going to go past China within a year or two. And um, right. so they're definitely awake people. And some of them reached out to me, but those people that reach out to me tell me that there's no one else in the community that they can even have these conversations with. 
Well, I, I hear that a lot from people all over the world, really. Uh, I mean, the internet is such a great way of connecting us, but I hear that yeah. a lot from the people in the States. Uh, you know, they reach out to me and they say, I believe in this stuff and I, I've got no one around me that that is talking about this stuff, as you say, especially about extraterrestrial and conscious life in the cosmos. We've got the boys online today. We've got Paul and Alan and Brad. Brad says hi. He loves India. Ancient Indian spirituality is very advanced. Yeah, we've got the guys on online today. So how do you think, well, what I see, Neil, with a lot of people is how do you, you know, we, there's a lot of people online watching, 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 but they're not really applying what they're learning. And something that I feel very passionate about is to present information in a way that, that people can really apply it to their own life. How do you think mm -hmm. we can do that as teachers of consciousness and the new spirituality? How are we going to apply it to own life really is like, what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to, to shift so that we can live in harmony with the planet and ourselves and others, right? And, and ultimately, when we're at that place, everything should be able to work harmoniously with, with each other. So the ultimate goal can only be achieved from us doing the inner work, right? So the only way that we can actually make any real changes externally to us without coming from a place of reaction is to really work on what give, creates that reaction, that emotional trigger that might be imbalanced that is reflecting that externally to us. So when it comes to implementing this, there's a lot of information out there and many people are just listening to YouTube videos and presentations, which is just giving you the intellectual information and then implementing in your own life and making the shifts are really what is important. So there are many modalities in which you can kind of go down those routes to really find out what works for you. What works for me personally is chanting, Right. And then even having um, gratitude, like now I'm starting to wake up every morning and write down things that I'm grateful for, really shifting my perspective and coming from a place of compassion so that I can radiate that love out. And I feel the more I'm able to do that and understand and accept others, the more we're able, if we can all collectively do that, we can get to a place where we can live in peace with each other and concentrate on the fact that we have so much more in common with each other than we have that is separate. Because the name of the game for quite thousands of years now has been divide and conquer. And through divide and conquer, they make us think that we have so much, um, so much um, that is different from one another, when ultimately we have so much more in common than those who control to that claim to have control over us. Absolutely. And as we've seen, uh, you know, life get more crazy over the last couple of years. Even, even in the spiritual community, I've seen this, I've seen this divide and conquer take over people as, oh, yeah. as, as people hold on to their point of view about what's right and what's wrong. I mean, actually, I started seeing it when Trump came into power. I mean, I'm in Australia. We don't even, yeah. you know, the politics isn't even our politics. But people get so head up about, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And, uh, yeah, I've been abused on Facebook by people that have followed me for years because I dared to post something about Trump. Not that I said that I thought he was a good guy, a bad guy, but they get so passionate about their point of view. How do you think we can help people sort of find the, find the unity in all things rather than your point of view, my point of view, you're wrong, I'm right? Well, firstly, we got to accept that divide and conquer is what they're attempting to do, and what they've been doing for so long. We get so caught up in things based on our emotional triggers and what we want to um, like. We what is the ultimate thing that they really want? Like, why are people following Trump or not following him? Some think that he's evil, and the others are thinking that he's the savior. So ultimately, we all want a better world. Just some people think that he's creating it. The other people think that he's not, right? And I saw exactly what you're saying. Like the the split in the community. 
uh, not just based on that, but also on UFOs and other spiritual things has become fractalized hardcore over the last six to eight years. So once we can acknowledge that divide and conquer is what they're attempting to do, really we need to work on ourselves because how do we get to a place where we're not grabbing onto some sort of authority figure to save us? Is to realize that the only person that can save you is yourself. And because there's been so much issues and so much trauma that's happened politically and in the world, we want someone with the power to come in and change and save us. Yeah. It's like wanting daddy to save you. You know yeah. what I mean? It yeah. comes up from the archetype. It goes deep with psychology. And we want that um, person to come and save us. But ultimately, history has shown that they've just thrown people in our way, in our path that make us think that they're the ones, but ultimately, they've never been the one. And even if someone comes forward and actually does some real change on earth, right? To think that you know that person entirely and the level of corruption they have, what they're really doing things for, what their agenda is for, you can't say that you do. And another thing history has taught us is many people that are many politicians, priests, uh, elite that are doing something nefarious, what they do is they focus their energy on um, nonprofits and institutions that are the opposite of what they're doing. That's how manipulative it is, right? So yeah. say that you're, um, um, you're like loitering money or something, right? And so what you'll do is you'll create an art foundation, right? Getty Museum is a great example, you know, um, so many different art galleries in the US are named after the bankers that literally screwed us over. And it's because when they when they passed away, they wanted everybody to remember them for their philanthropic work rather than the devastation in which they created. So what I'm getting at here is just because you can't take anything face value and because you can't take anything face value in what they're doing, what can you do? You can only focus on really you being the shift, you making the changes within yourself and then teaching others how to do it. So I stopped waiting for a savior a, a long time ago, but there was a time, even politically, where I thought that, oh my God, this is it, this is going to change. Uh, I think Obama was my first, last, was my last straw with that all, right? I was like, oh my God, there's some shifts going on in the world. But then he killed more people through collateral damage than every other president combined, wow. you know? So uh, and that's all I'm going to say in regards to politics. But it's it's like, and then a lot of people are still they don't even do the research to see what actually occurred behind the scenes that actually did not affect us at a collective um, in a positive manner. So again, the whole thing get, really comes down to doing the inner work, really focusing on why you get triggered, how you can get to a place of neutrality with your own uh, state of being so that we can really make a change based on uh, inner peace rather than chaos. Because when we do, when we react to things, we're only perpetuating more of what we're reacting to. That's right. how the universe works. We right. just send it out to the universe. The universe just sends more of it back to us. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. All we're going to get is more experiences to hate. That's how unconditional the universe is. So yeah. if we come from a place of peace and we don't hate, but we still make decisions based on what is better for humanity. And I don't like good evil as a terminology. I like harmonious and disharmonic, right? Like, yeah. Well, if we focus on being at the place of inner peace, but work on what creates harmony on the planet, I think we can have real change. And it might take some time, you know, like it. And right now we're going through a phase where a lot of people are having a collective dark night of the soul, where all these traumas are coming up to the surface to experience. And many people, I feel, think that like it's inevitable. We're not going to evolve. We're not going to move out of this because of all the craziness. But to me, it's just part of the growing pains that are needed so that we can really inherit the new earth.
Beautifully said. Hallelujah. Yeah, the amplification of contrast in the world is really exposing the contrast within ourselves, like the polarity mm -hmm. within ourselves. And, you know, something that Trump taught me, I remember when he got in, I was over in Perth staying with my brother and my nephew came down and said, Trump won. And I was involved in the narrative that said that he was a crazy maniac and, and everything. And I'm thinking, how could this be? It just really knocked my paradigm. But in that moment, I thought, wow, there's something else going on that from my current standpoint, I can't see. And I'm going to just stay open rather than just, you know, focus on how he's the bad guy. I thought there is a wisdom to the universe that knows what it's doing, even if I can't see it. And I'm going to stay open and see how this plays out. And I think that Amazing. with everything, just, you know, when, when we put people up on the pedestal as the great guy, as the good guy or the guru, and then it comes out that they're pedophiles or that they're, you know, laundering money. I mean, how many stories have we seen of religious leaders and gurus and people that have? Um, so yes. we've got to see the we've got to see the polarity in everything in life. Stay open to the good and the bad, and right. also be open to how that reflects who we are. Yeah, and bring yeah, it all yeah. back to self. Yeah. And what I feel this world is set up to be like is that not only do we have amnesia right and we also um have this realm of free will but whether someone is there for a positive reason and helping us or that person is bringing forward the darkness say which is giving us the contrast we need to know what we want in our own life it ends up working for us anyway because in this world of duality and contrast the way that we actually transcend into the light with without remembering who we truly are and that divine connection is by having the opposite polarity of that so whether um so a lot of people with you know with trump started hating on him hardcore and then others within the spiritual community like they never wished ill will on anyone but they finally did you know and then and then on the other side there was those that completely loved him so but then to me, I was at this neutral standpoint, not knowing I was just open to all experiences, whichever way this flows, this flows. But knowing that even if something happens that creates some sort of darkness, that all it will do is create the inevitable, which is more people awakening up to the truth. That's that's the conversation I've been having for two years as my community is like going, oh, but this is so terrible. And I say, yeah, it's terrible, but look what it's doing. Like I've been involved in this for, I don't know, 30 years in, in the consciousness community, showcasing new old teachers originally um, on a Monday night thing, you know, just with a tiny small group of people. And, um, and just like you said before, Neil, like looking for people to have this conversation, like when I was in my 30s, my generation back then were, you know, making money, climbing the corporate ladder, having babies, getting married. They didn't want to have this conversation. And so I was surrounded by much older people. And now it's the opposite. Now I'm the older one surrounded by the young ones. It's so mm. cool. So the world is shifting <laughs> exponentially. And, yeah. it, and, and in the last couple of years, exactly all that we've been through that didn't look like, you know, it was wanted is waking people up. There has been a mass awakening. It's the awakening yeah. of the masses, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And I definitely feel it is the make awakening of the masses. And I would like to add that to this is where I've had people think that, do you really think we're waking up? Look at what's going on around us. And that goes back to what I spoke about a little earlier is that we have so many things that have not been processed, have not come to the surface yet. Um, so many skeletons in our closet, if you will, traumas, um, past life traumas. And the only way that we can really transcend these in order for us to be the caretakers of the new planet, be the caretakers of ourselves, each other, 
and be sovereign beings that can have full responsibility of our own livelihoods is by processing these things out. So what's occurring is there's a frequency shift on the earth and that can even get into the scientific component of what's going on with the position of our solar system, where our, where our solar system is located within the galaxy, you know, all the prophecies about the return of the Messiah and all that are basically alluding to the fact that we're getting to a vibratory frequency that is going to be able to give us the opportunity to shift from this density into a more harmonious existence. But as we shift into that density, we can't take our baggage with us. Our baggage needs to come up and be dealt with. And a lot of our baggage is actually institutional, is, is institutionalized in the systems and the constructs we've implemented in society, educational systems, political systems, so many things. So the only way for us to actually transcend is for those systems to start collapsing. You know, and so as they collapse, which is what's happening now, people are going crazy. Like, oh my God, is are we going to survive? Are we going to make it? What's going to happen if the economy collapses? The economy is made up. The stock market is made up. There was something before that. You know, what happens if this occurs? And we've put so much of our livelihood and our energy on these constructs of this matrix that people are afraid of losing it. But ultimately, as long as we can eat and drink water, we will survive. You know, so it's like what needs to happen is happening. These things are falling. And the reason why they're falling isn't because something happened to another one. This one invaded another one. It's because they weren't working for the betterment of all humanity. And that's what we need now are institutions that can work for everybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, what I'm seeing in, in Sydney, especially is because um, I know that what you're doing now is really a sort of a university, <clears throat> a, a uni and uni, a universe, a universe, like one song, like what you're doing with your, yeah. anyway, I'm trying to get the pun in there, but uh, we had secret <laughs> meetings. We had secret meetings during the, you know, the, the lockdowns and stuff. And what yeah. I saw were a lot of teachers, a lot of young teachers that didn't want to follow the mainstream narrative. And then their, their, their jobs were threatened and ultimately they were sacked or they had to leave their job. And so they're in this place of flux and, and not knowing what to do, where to go. And they started coming together and saying, well, maybe we want to create, you know, a new school, a new education system. A new... And I just saw that happening in a very small way in Sydney. And, you know, as I look out into the world and see the way the contrast is evolving the world, like bringing yeah. down the old structures and creating a new structure. It's bloody beautiful. I tell you, it's really. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. And education is a huge component of that because that is the foundation that we are raised with that most other things stem from. So a deprogramming of what we've been learning and a reprogramming, because we're just like really advanced organic computers. We get programmed, you know, that's what TV programming is. That's why they literally are programming us. So what if we programmed ourselves with the affirmations and the truth of who we are? Right? right, the remembrance and right. learning affirmations at a young age, implementing meditation, different things that can be foundational in the first few years of our life will just make it that we're already at that level. So the solution isn't really difficult. It's a really easy solution, but just getting us to a, a place where all of us are doing this may take some time, right? And part of that is the re-education and seeing the benefits of it. And then also maybe a stop, um, stop having to focus so much time on the rat race and the survival mentality. Cause when you're in the survival mentality, you can't really focus on um, relationships on your own health as much um, being conscious about, you know, the way you interact with others and communicate. We don't have time for that. 
we're all trying to make that dollar and, and, and not only succeed and have a shelter over our head, but we're also attempting to capitalize over other people because that's the system that's been created. So as long as we're focusing on that, because that's what we were taught. I mean, schools, the reason why we get up at that early and most schools start at 8 a.m. and uh, the other time is because they're getting you ready for the workforce, right? Yeah. So we're programmed to be these workers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it needs to shift. Yeah, the nine to five. Some people are doing it. Some people are shifting it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, the pun I was trying to do there, I had Shirley Batty, fabulous um, spiritual teacher who's older from the UK on my show. And she said that she was taught in the universe city, the universe city. She was taught by the Uh, universe city. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Anyway, let's talk about a little bit about your story. So when you were at, um, so we heard that you were brought up in the Hindu culture, you followed it because that's what your parents did, but you weren't really so keen on it. You were just like, yeah, I'll do it because that's what mom and dad wants. And then you went to university and started meeting people with different thinking like how did your awakening occur what was happening when did you have a million questions that that needed to be answered what happened yeah so the first thing I thought of was writing poetry and it was really like uh had like it was kind of like sci-fi poetry so I started researching some of the words just to expand my vocabulary on like wormholes and stuff like that but I also was curious because I was raised since I was raised Hindu I wasn't ever raised in that religion is wrong, that religion is wrong, my religion is right, which a lot of people are raised like, right? And since I was, um, I was just raised that all religion exists, and this is what you follow. And even um, during Christmas, I celebrated Christmas every year, I knew Jesus was real, I knew all about Moses, I went to, for seventh grade, I went to Catholic school in England, and that not because my parents wanted me to be Catholic. It was because they wanted me to get away from the bad crowd. So they thought Catholic school would be good, (laughs) which actually ended up being worse for me. And then, um, so I learned, yeah, I read the Bible, everything, right? And so, because in Hinduism, most Hindus accept that all prophets existed and that Hindu was just, uh, Vedic awareness and Hinduism was just for the culture of that area and other religions come around the planet because we're all different, very diverse people. That's the foundational understanding of Hinduism. Many people in India won't even know that because they don't study the scriptures. They just do it blindly, right? So since that's the case, I, I, I was like, okay, so Jesus existed. I'm following Hinduism. I'm seeing some similarities in the text here, but all Christians believe that Hinduism is a paganistic religion, like off the devil, but uh, but there's too many similarities within Christianity and Hinduism. What is going on here? So my first thought that entered, it quickly got me to millions of thoughts, was what is the root of all religion? And as I was looking for the root of all religion, I started researching online. That's when I found Jordan Maxwell and I found the, the seven... Um, the sons of God, the story of the sons of God, which were from the Sumerian scriptures. And I realized that Genesis was almost a mirror representation of Sumerian scriptures talking about pagan gods. Right. Wait a second. How can this monotheistic religion be connected to a polytheistic religion? And then wait, what are these gods called? They're from the stars. There's a map (laughs) of their planet. Whoa. How can Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all talking about God and one God be based on a religious scripture that talks about star beings. That was what started me down the rabbit hole. And then I went into all things extraterrestrial, um, channeling, um, ancient origins, uh, seeding of humanity, hybridization programs, um, then ultimately into UFO disclosure and government whistleblowers and things like that. So that, that plus the spirituality was my first eight years was just lots of lots of research. 
Um, and all of that was connected to spirituality because when you look at the ancient scriptures, as I said earlier, there's all these like um, representations of spiritual energy, vibration, meditation. And I also looked at the Hindu scriptures and the Mahabharata and Krishna and these golden chariots with lightning coming out of them. What are these things? And digging deeper into that and then feeling that there's some sort of extraterrestrial connection. So that was kind of the beginning is ancient history combined with stars being awareness. But one of the other questions I'll say after I had that root of religion uh, awakening and started looking at the ancient scriptures, I was like, well, either I can believe all religion and in the world is completely BS and everything is atheist. Everything is atheism, right? Because we're talking about aliens and that's not real, right? Or I could think that everything came from aliens. You know, that's oversimplification, but... No, I don't think so. You know, it's crazy to think that the gods of the past were actually alien civilized. I mean, people that are really religious are the ones usually, well, I don't know about that. That's a silly blanket statement. But, you know, religion and ET extraterrestrial life doesn't feel like it's sitting in the same bowl. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like polar opposites. But, but yeah, where did it all come from? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, and then if you talk about dimensions and different dimensions and harmonic dimensions, <coughs> a lot of these beings were really advanced spiritually that they had... And a lot of them remembered the connection to source. So they were like direct conduits and messengers or emissaries of source, but there was still an emissary and not exactly the source. So, so not to say, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that the, so the ETs came, they, you know, they manipulated our physical form, like they spliced the DNA, we evolved from the Neanderthal, but, you know, many, many scripts and channelings and stuff talk about civilizations that were, evolved to advanced civilizations beyond what we understand as near neanderthal man you know like prehistoric yeah. man so that there were even in the seth channelings they talked about a civilization that evolved themselves out of aggression to the point where they couldn't deal with the weather on the planet so they moved underground and then eventually died out and that was before what we understand as mm. prehistoric man so there's much, there's a lot of um information from channelings and scriptures about civilizations yes. that have come and gone in the past on planet earth right. Right. Uh, so so the ets have been involved in this whole story right so they they give us this body and then these ideas and then we as man as humans we evolve it into what we see today as all these religions that now sort of grip the planet yeah and i i agree agree with you on what you said about like you know multiple civilizations that have come and gone and you kind of alluded to something that i've been thinking about lately too is that some of these ancient civilizations that have come and gone may not have been homo sapien but could have been another type of hominoid right so yeah. some of the seedings may not have been our seeding but there's still stories of our ancient past because we're all connected and they're our ancestors and our seeding could have been from multiple different races could have done it. If you believe in the Anunnaki story, the Anunnaki story is specifically about Homo erectus going to Homo sapien, which is our story, mm -hmm. but that could have happened multiple times along, uh, along the process of what actually occurred on this planet. So I feel that we've been going through cycles of consciousness uh, where we have this evolution and devolution. We lose our thoughts that we remember, we lose them, we remember. And part of this um, construct is that they're not only creating us and seeding us, but they're also creating realm of experience. 
the whole ultimate goal is to have the experience here. And this reminds me of the Lyran story in which the Lyran specifically wanted to hybridize a being on earth so that they could incarnate into and live simultaneously having an experience of this dimension as well as their own dimension. It was like, let me see if I can, ex I want to see how this experience would be. You know, and Bashar says that we're one of the only species within our dimension that has the full range of emotional frequencies, right? The full range of emotional um, spectrum. So it's really a, a planet of abundance where we, a lot of experiences can be cultivated. Yeah. Well, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a minute there. I was going to say something about the Seth, you know, years ago, I read the Seth books years ago, uh, channeled information and this civilization, and I can't remember everything that was in them, but I do remember a bit about this civilization, which I thought you'd be interested in because you're really into sound and how sound frequency affects, affects manifestation, right, Neil? Mm -hmm. they, they said about this civilization that they wanted to evolve aggression out. And so they manipulated their own DNA and they evolved aggression out of their um, physical yeah. makeup but of course yeah. they couldn't deal with the as I said the weather and they moved underground but they used sound as their dominant source of energy so they used it to to cook with they used it to paint with they used it to propel wow. themselves sound was their dominant force of energy so they understood the frequency of sound and they started to yeah which is something that we're just starting to well the Hindus talk about it with chanting and mantra and yeah. But we're using sound like we're using ultrasound to look in the body, but sound, yeah. yeah. Do you want to chat a bit about that? What have you discovered about sound? Yeah, well, so I like to say that everything is sound, right? And we are sound because sound is frequency and vibration. And that's why, you know, in the Old Testament, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, okay? So break that down for a second. In the beginning was the word, which represents sound, which is the vibration. The word was God, right? So the word is actually God, but the word was with God. Well, now we have two different things, contradicting things. We have a, the first universal paradox. The word was the source of it all, but the word was also with God with a lowercase g because they started creating the fractalizations of everything that came after it, right? So it's like, everything to me is vibration and frequency. And we've now proven that through quantum physics. We can see that we're subatomic um, on the atomic level. We have Newtonian physics, which is everything atom and above. The subatomic level, we have everything that is below an atom. The physics of the subatomic world is contradictory to the physics of the Newtonian world. They're a paradox. However, the subatomic world is what the building blocks are for the atomic world. So how does that work? How do they become paradoxical to each other, but one of them is the building blocks of the other? Well, therein lies the illusion. There is, we've broken through the computer program. And so ultimately everything is sound and frequency. When we, can, when we can get to a point where we mentally and spiritually break free from the matrix, we can manipulate the vibration of everything and literally do things like in the matrix, you know, like stop bullets and stuff, because this is, we are we can become the creators of this reality and able to manipulate our reality around us so what seems like happened with these individuals is they understood that everything is frequency and vibration and they were able to get to a point of consciousness or had some sort of technology where they can manipulate the vibrations around them because if you propel yourself with sound it's not like you're maybe maybe they had some sort of device where they were like had it behind them and the vibration was coming out but we can get to the level of consciousness where we're able to use propel ourselves with sound using our own entire bodies right so it makes perfect sense to me 
Uh, I've had a few presentations on sound vibration. One's called Sound Vibration Ancient History, where I talk about the ancients and the advanced awareness of sound. One's called Sound of Vibration Quantum Physics, talking about the connection. And the last one is Sound of Vibration Future Applications, which wow. is about the fact that our recent understanding of sound that's really taken a hold in the last 100 years is getting us to a point where we're going to be able to do miraculous things on this planet. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we're already doing is levitating huge megalithic stones. Right. That could have happened. Right. And there's With a video sound. on my... Yeah, on YouTube on that, and Russian scientists showing it, everything has happened. Uh, on my presentation, I, sh I show a sound device that neutralizes the frequency of fire, puts it right wow. out right there, right? Yeah. So, and then we can also heal because we are vibration. What is sickness and illness? It's disharmon disharmony in our bodies. Right. So what if we can utilize sound? And this has happened, uh, people use it, um, but it hasn't happened on a mass level yet. We can eventually get to a point where we don't need pharmaceutical drugs. Because oh, we're able absolutely. to heal ourselves from frequencies. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, you know, when I look at the medical industry of today, I, I feel like it's like completely prehistoric. And, and yet this gets back to what you were saying. And yet we had this information years ago, like a hundred years ago, we had this information, but yet we're practicing a prehistoric, you know, health sickness, sickness system. But that comes back down to what we were talking about control and manipulation it's been controlled and manipulated um, you know I started my journey as a naturopath and when they wanted to try and teach me chemistry I didn't want to know about it because I just felt like I needed to look at something outside of just remembering numbers and things like that like having it all mental it needed to be something else um, Brad's loving this he's uh, a lot of awakening people support Trump he says I'm glad you're you had knowledge of the Hindi scriptures Neil <laughs> he's reading one of the Seth books now what if God and God and God are two different guys and the world is another guy? And then you have God the title, could be a third G, maybe not talking about being one thing, but another thing all at once. Could be all separate entities and job descriptions. Job is a friend. Do you understand any of this? <laughs> sort, sort of, but not really. So okay. So what if God and God, lowercase g and uppercase g, are two different people, and the word is another guy, and then you have the God, the title could be the third G. So, okay, so I'll just say this, that um, a good origin story, uh, many origin stories, I, I did a whole thing on 300 different origin stories from different civilizations, and in there, they one of the origin stories from a native Pueblo tribe in, in the Americas said that... Um, basically the universe was sang into existence and all of the realms of the gods was lowercase g right all of the realms of the gods so what that represents is many different fractalizations many different realms of different gods and the gods as in what we're calling them because of their higher advanced knowledge so she's um lizette saying that what if there were other realms with other gods one with a more universal G, like an uppercase God, and then there's one with lowercase gods. I think there are many dimensional experiences of advanced beings that individuals like us probably held as gods, right? Some of them maybe had um, good intentions, some of them not. And maybe the ones with good intentions were direct emissaries of source, giving us direct information from there. And then whether we call them gods with uppercase G or lowercase G is based on us. I would say when we call gods with a lowercase G, maybe those are the false gods, the ones that came down here 
and basically said that we are your rulers and overlords and try to take control of us, right? So, but then maybe the ones with the uppercase G are the ones more directly connected to source. But we're just getting into lingua, like just words here and making it up and trying to speculate on what it could really be, you know? Yeah, I know. Like during my awakening, I realized that we're all God. Um, and so we could call yeah. every single being on the planet God, right? God, up, yeah. chase, lowercase, we're all God. We're all an extension of the source. So we could literally right. call everything God, like the and cat. that's what we're getting to, yes. The tree, so yeah. We're getting to that understanding now that we are that, so we don't have to have this hierarchy anymore right. of that, them being more advanced than us. Right, exactly right. I had a great guy on the show a few years ago called Blair Styra from New Zealand who channels an entity called Tabash. And... Um, and one of his sayings is when you ask him a question, what do you think about this person saying this and that? And he says, well, he's just God doing it his way. <laughs> you mm. know, another God doing it his way. Like we're all God. That's just God doing, he's being God doing it his way. So yeah. we're all God doing it, you know, good, bad, where, whether we're exploring contrast or exploring violence or exploring love, we're just God doing like it our way. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, there's only one vibration experiencing itself infinitely. And right. we're part of that vibration. Um, the source is singularity. Source is the center of the black hole, the void, the singularity. Duality is not separate from the source. The duality right. came from that singularity, right? Good example, the Big Bang. Infinite singularity, countless possibilities. The cosmic right. egg, infinite singularity, countless, countless possibilities. possibilities. Chaos. So, Chaos. but in the duality, in the duality, we have um, feminine, male, um, dark, light, good, evil. But all of that came from the singularity. So the source doesn't have judgment of either polarity because all of it is an experience. Source is so unconditional. It wanted to experience us and itself unconditionally, infinitely. Right. And that's what we're here doing now. Yeah, exactly. Which brings us back to, you know, get over the, get over the judgment about who's right or wrong or good or bad. It's just God doing it his way. And ultimately yeah. for, you know, both what we call light and dark energy is, is there for the evolution of the evolution of human consciousness or yes. the soul. Uh, what does Lizette say here? God's, God's, Todd, Todd's or Karen's or Neil's, God's with the creator. I think that that was convenient untruth. Oh, beautiful. Well, what do you want to do with portals? What do you want to do with your... Um, what you're doing you know you're presenting all these teachers what's the ultimate goal what do you want to see where do you want to see this going so you're doing a lot of stuff online uh yeah. do you want to have physical you know universities all over the world what's the what's the dream yeah. Neil? so i've done, I've done a, i do a lot of live events too just in the last couple of years we haven't done as many right and uh, i'm going back to the live conference so Portal to Ascension conference is every year in California. And then I do tours with different speakers as well, as well as the live online events. So I want to get back into doing like routine touring with people, retreats to different ancient sites around the world and moving that Portal to Ascension conference to like three or four places in the world. So three or four live three-day conferences that has a really um, networking component in it where we're bridging the gap and connecting light workers together to start projects. Now, uh, what we've moved into and really exponentially getting into this year is becoming an even more um, uh, unprecedented multimedia consciousness platform where documentaries are coming out. This will be a music studio, Ascension Records, on really, you know, music designed for upliftment and the Ascension. So as the multimedia platform becomes what it is, including our apps and everything, the ultimate goal is to create land, get land and create villages. So 
all of this has been working towards eventually building communities. And part of that was a download I got in 2008 when I first changed the name to Portal to Ascension for my group. It got like a 20 year download basically, you know, of the kind of general layout of what's gonna happen. And the ultimate thing was within 20 years, the first Portal to Ascension community is gonna open. And um, so right now I'm actually traveling the world full time looking for land and I'm starting it probably a little bit earlier than I was going to start it. And that's basically it. There's going to be, there's a lot more involved in that for sure, like contact centers, um, places where we're doing uh, specific meditation around the world in order to connect to benevolent extraterrestrial races, bring down information, and possibly also um, create the foundations for open first contact where we're interacting with extraterrestrial races. Because as things start shifting and this becomes more and more common, Portal to Ascension is going to start shifting and taking the place what it needs to do in those times, whether it's creating a galactic embassy or whether it's creating landing docks, something like that. But ultimately, the first step is to completely get this multimedia platform off the road, um, off the ground this year, and hopefully start building in a community next year or the year after. Yep, yep, yep. That's the download I've received as well. Absolutely. But there is a guy that's uh, had on the show. What was his name? The French Canadian guy. You, have you met him? Oh, his name escapes me at the moment. He's doing the embassy. He's connected to a religious conscious group and there's money behind it and they're physically building a... Yeah, are you talking about... He was on Exo Con, um, Exo um, event recently, like a couple of weeks ago. They streamed him to my platform. So let me see. I can get his name real quick. Can you get his but the, name? Yeah, the collecting emissary, they have money behind it. Yeah, that all sounds familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. So he's, but, you know, I mean, he talks about, but the thing about these things is there's, there's got to be more than one and that might be more than one group doing it. But eventually it has to be just like there's more than one, you know, university or hospital or, you know, oh, yeah. centers. There's, there's got to be, I'm just looking up his name too. His name Zilva, Zilvain Rockon? That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvain, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there he is yeah Sylvain Rochon yeah he's got a French oh, okay, okay. engineering the future yeah I had him on the show last year but that's exciting to have the extraterrestrial embassy I think that that's a really exciting concept because as I've discussed with many people on the show their frequency is so different to the density that we experience as humans especially with our stressful negative critical judgmental thoughts that in order to actually be in their physical presence, we have to drastically shift our vibrational frequency. We have to shift our yeah. consciousness. Yeah. So, yeah. so there has to be like, like when I had Alan on the show, we were talking about that, you know, he spent years presenting consciousness teachers and now he's completely obsessed in the ET conversation, but the presenting the consciousness teachers was the sort of the roll up to understanding how we can meet our galactic neighbors. We have to yes. shift. We have to change our thinking. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people come into this awareness of extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings from the spiritual background, right? Like, like Alan and myself. And then there are those that come in from the government whistleblower background and then either come to the spirituality later or don't even go to the spirituality, but just stay within the nuts and bolts UFO. Right. But this goes to, what the Israeli space chief said, the guy that founded the Israeli space program, that he said the Galactic Federation is visiting us and they're waiting for humanity to be ready in order to communicate with us, right? And what that meant to me was we need to be at the consciousness level in order to be as clear interact with them, which goes back to our original topic that we started with here, which is why the inner work is so important. 
I uh, wrote an article a few years ago called What Does Meditation Have to Do with UFO Disclosure, right? And it was literally about um, vibration and frequency. The reason why we don't see ET everywhere is because it's a frequency game. It's right. a, we, we, don't, we don't exist at the vibration where we're living with in this reality. So as long as we start harmonizing our own frequencies and whatever way that may look for us, ultimately we'll get to a, a, a vibratory frequency where we'll be interacting with ET and possibly even trading with them, trading information with them, having uh, conversations with them, trading technology, you know, receiving that. All of these are possibilities for our future, but the only way we can get there is if we do the inner work and we try changing our systems and institutions to better all of humanity. Because right now it's just based on power, control, and greed. That's pretty yeah. much the bottom line of all, even the, even the political systems that are supposed to be based more on equality are completely corrupt. Right, right. Yeah, yeah what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Um, I want to ask you a question. How long have we been yakking? Almost an hour. We'll be wrapping it up soon because I know you've got to go. But I want to ask you a question about technology, where you see the role of like AI and technology in our future as we evolve into a more spiritual race. I ask you this. I had a couple of people who were channeling on the show. I think it was the year before last from the Palladians, and she wanted us to throw away our computers and our iPhones, you know, our phones, like get rid of technology because, you know, I'm sure that they were channeling a group of people that went down that, you know, technical timeline and basically went into sort of more control and corruption as technology took over. What do you want to say about all this? How can we blend it? Do we need to throw out the technology? Can we blend it with the spirituality? What's the story? Yeah, first, we need to be aware that technology is us attempting to do things externally that we can do within ourselves, right? Like download stuff, tap into things. And the reason why we've been doing that is because we've been at the, the dark ages, if you will, an age of forgetfulness where the only way we could create certain advancements was looking for it externally because we don't remember. So it's and it's not about is technology good or bad. It's about is our consciousness at a level where we can utilize things consciously or not? When it will be interestingly enough, as we go in this upturning consciousness and start shifting into this new frequency that we're going in, we're going to be able to utilize this technology more consciously, but we're also going to be able to do things and accept things within ourselves that we don't even want to use certain technologies. We won't need them, right? So things, some things may dissipate and no longer be needed because we're able to do them ourselves. Some things may dis, um, dissipate because we no longer feel that it's important to use this for this certain thing because our priorities have shifted in the world. But um, technology isn't the problem. The problem is our consciousness. And the reason why, for example, so many advanced technologies have been presented, but what happens with most governments are they find out ways to weaponize it is because the consciousness has been at that level for so long. Um, when, why is it that the government, when they talk about UFOs and um, and all the technology that they found, which you know have come out like technology to bend space time that was in the sun, talking about the government, the U.S. finding technology to bend space time and different things. Why is it that they talk about the technology, not about who's driving these vehicles? Is And then you look at who are the people that are reporting on this. Oh, military officials, DOD officials, Pentagon officials. Why are they doing that? Well, this isn't doesn't seem to be some sort of technology for weaponization, but they're trying to figure out how they can use it for that, right? So the consciousness has been at that level for quite some time. My hope is, my understanding is that we're shifting out of that so as we shift out of that, we'll start using technology more consciously, but I don't think we have to worry about it and be afraid or scared about it. 
Yeah, because there's a lot of conversation around robots and AI and and, and um, if, if AI becomes self-governing or self-conscious, it's going to take over and destroy humanity well, and all that sort of stuff. You know, that that's been indoctrinated in us from like right. Terminator onwards, you know. Right. But like, let's yeah. talk about AI for a second. Okay, so every sentient being, and this is from like literally 20 years of grabbing these pieces of information from everybody to piece this together. It seems like every being that becomes sentient wants to create something in their image. As soon as we wake up to our own godlike nature, we start creating things in our image. Um, the, the lyrans from the higher dimension, creating the fractalization lower and lower and lower, hybridization, 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 over and over, creating in the image. It all is the initial imprint of source. Source wanted to experience everything in its own image, and everything after that did the same thing, from the Elohim to the cedar races, the Anunnaki, to us, what are we doing? We are now in the, we're in the first, second, third, and fourth dimension. We're in the lowest four dimensions. Don't like using the word lower or higher, put that disclaimer out there, but we're the first four dimensions. Within that, we're in the most inorganic dimension, even though ultimately there's no inorganic in my book, but I'm just saying that because we've become linear time, all these constructs and matrix-like systems. So what are we doing? We're creating something in our image. What are we doing? Well, we created AI. And we also created a dimension. What do you think a hard drive is? It has all this information and data stored with wires and electricity. We've literally created technology. What is a smartphone? A smartphone is a device utilized to access a dimension that we've created within this form. We've created a dimension. There's a great uh, Netflix series called Upload. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Oh, Netflix? yeah, yeah, I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're talking about. So they're talking about death. You know, they're going to take your consciousness out, you know, just before you die and upload it to a, a augmented reality, yeah, like a yeah, virtual yeah. reality. And you've got all these different things like a heaven, you know, you can go and live in the lake house yeah. or you can go, yeah. Up, yeah, it's, it's a great series actually exploring all this stuff. They still right. have some fundamental things wrong. They do get in to the, you know, the, the father of one of the characters says, I don't want to be uploaded to a, a virtual reality because I want to go to where my soul is and to see my wife who died. So they do get yeah, into yeah. that conversation, which I think is a great conversation. Yeah. And Elon Musk is doing that right now um, with one of his companies is they're experimenting on uploading consciousness into technology. This is right. out there common knowledge. It's a company that exists. So, you know, all these things are being worked on that. I don't, you know, I'm not speculating anything until it gets to the point. Ultimately, I believe and I'm hopeful that we're in this upturning consciousness. So even when I see stories like that, that you might be like, oh my God, I'm so fearful. What's going to happen? I don't ever get fearful for it because well, two things, a source wanted to experience itself infinitely. Why am I going to judge that, that experience? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then secondly, I already feel we're shifting in consciousness to this higher octave. Why am I going to worry and think that it's not? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing to fear. Uh, what was I going to say? I've got a million things streaming through my mind and every time I stop, <laughs> I've got to pick one. I've got to pick one because I realise that we're... Um, I was going to say, yeah, that I had an argument with my brother about Facebook. You know, he was immersed in the mainstream narrative and the mainstream narrative was Facebook is bad because kids get bullied on Facebook and so we've got to stop Facebook, right? We've got to stop the technology because people get bullied on Facebook. And I said to him, I have created my whole, you know, business on Facebook and met, 
amazing conscious people all around the world every message that i get on facebook is a positive message it depends the consciousness in which you're yeah. using the technology is the experience you'll have with the technology was exactly what you were saying yes. just then yes but well, also people talk no, go, go ahead go ahead Karen. no no, no, no go, ahead, go, go ahead <laughs> go ahead go ahead all right, all right i'll go i don't want you to forget your thought but okay i'll forget so, so people had told me for a long time like you know, obviously now I'm kicked off Facebook because they don't think I'm worthy of their platform. But um, people were saying, like, I wish there was a conscious version of Facebook. And I was like, my Facebook feed is a conscious version of Facebook. <laughs> it's all based on who you choose to right. keep around you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there actually is a conscious version of Facebook, which has just become free. I don't know if you know about it, but uh, I'm exploring it. Yeah. So with the okay. censorship, I've been exploring many other platforms and yeah. Um, yeah, but but like you, I had that same desire. There needs to be a conscious version of Facebook, also a conscious version of, of YouTube so that yeah. you can, you know, you don't have to sort of wade through people, you know, twerking yeah. and all that sort of stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but yeah just to, anyway, that's happening. I've, I found that's happening. Lizette's uh, loving this conversation. Oh, I'm learning, I'm learning. Wow, says one, one life man. Any thoughts about balancing a desire to wake up others and the desire not to judge and honor free will, Paul asks. Hey, Paul. So this gives me a, a reminds me of how I was in the beginning. So 2001, 18-year-old Neil, learning about Sumerians, learning about extraterrestrials. 2003, Neil, at a bar saying, you all have to realize that there was a ninth planet in the solar system. Like a little buzzed and telling people like, we came from these we were seated on like and then the bloodlines like all this stuff right and then 2008 neil was <laughs> in realization that whoa this all happened the way it was supposed to happen and even the darkness is working for the light right. so yeah. to to get to the question any thoughts about desire a balance to desire to wake up others you can always have that and not judging and honoring free will doesn't mean that when you're telling somebody your truth that you're not honoring their free will. But if you come from a place of, um, if you don't listen to me, you're screwed and I'm going to install fear on you, yeah. maybe then you're not honoring their fear will, free will. So, but you can speak your truth and the time, and now nowadays, like a few years ago, maybe you didn't really have um, the backing and the credibility scientifically and through government documents to prove your point. But now, if you really want to take the time to sit with someone, you don't need to be angry. You don't need to um, be frustrated. If the, First of all, you can just express how you feel and they can do whatever they want with it. They have free will. Right. Secondly, if it's someone who really wants to actually understand you, you have enough information out there to really prove that this is reality from understanding of quantum physics and non-locality and what that means for us from the double slit experiment to the government documents that talk about UFO craft to the Stargate program in which the CIA remote viewed Mars in 1 billion BC. I mean, the information is out there on their own websites. So share to people whatever you want. I have a, a folder on my phone of government documents that prove that this world is freaking crazier than we ever could have imagined. And sometimes I, when I have conversations with people and then they doubt it and I'm having a friendly conversation, I'll show it to them. But that doesn't mean you're violating free will. It only violates free will. Well, ultimately, I don't think if you're in this realm of free will, it, I don't think that rule really applies because we're always manipulating and violating everybody else around us. <laughs> we're like always having decisions and choices and people are making decisions on it. 
So if you don't want to like have to try to sway them and convince them, just come from a place of inner peace within yourself. So you're just speaking your truth, not based on the fact that you need to wake up, but based on the fact that you understand something that is liberating for you, which is this truth. And you can express that truth to them without the expectation of where they go and what they do with it. Perfectly said. Absolutely perfectly said. Uh, yeah, because it gets back to like how religious people are all trying to save our souls, right? And they're trying to convince us that mostly you believe in Jesus. I remember when a girlfriend became a born-again Christian years ago and she was trying to save my soul. Unless you believe that Jesus is your savior, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, seriously, Lisa, all the Hindus and the Buddhists, and they're all going to hell? And she's like, yes, <laughs> yes. They're all going to hell must be overcrowded right now. <laughs> so yeah, you can believe in something. You can speak your truth um, from your, from a heart-centered place and people yeah. can hear you or not hear you and it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. if, if, if the devil is not loved by God and cast out by God, but then most of the people on the planet are going to hell, why doesn't <laughs> the devil use all those people to create a retaliation against the people in heaven? Because the devil will win based on numbers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> logically speaking. <laughs> There's nothing logic about this stuff anyway. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing logic about a lot of stuff in the world. And, and the thing about it is that as I look at the paradox, as I look at the crap that's going down now, and I just think, you know, I had this conversation. I'm, I'm reticent to talk about it on, on this platform. But, you know, 31 years ago, I didn't give my daughter a medical uh, procedure thinking it was not necessary that her body, you know, is infinite intelligence and it, it, it'll do what it needs to do. And now this mm -hmm. same medical procedure is being rolled out amongst humanity. And I can't believe that 30 years later, I'm having the same conversation that I was having back mm -hmm. then. So if you're taking something to protect you from something, surely that thing is supposed to work. So why be fearful of people that haven't had it? There's nothing logical about the conversation, yeah. right? But in the crazy, uh, no logic, it's, it is doing the job that we talked about before. It's waking people up, it's getting people to scratch their heads. Like that doesn't make sense. Yep. Like what else doesn't make sense? If that doesn't make sense, what else doesn't make sense? Anyway, it's doing its job. Project Love, Light, Compassion, how does spinning into conspiracy theories help anyone? That's a great question. Have you still got time, Neil? Have we still got time? To I have uh, six minutes. Six minutes. Well, let's talk about that. How does spinning into conspiracy theories help anyone? That's a good question, Greg. So you need to be more specific because a lot of these conspiracies are true. Uh, to say that, that no one has ever conspired against other people ever you know, isn't the fact, isn't the case. A lot of conspiracies are true. So conspiracy theories that are off the wall that uh, what has, has happened, unfortunately, is a lot of people that uh, have hold on to some conspiracies that are true have also adopted all the conspiracies after that because um, giving, making the actual things that are occurring seem less credible. And part of that is also the media and different um, governing agencies have actually put out these conspiracy theories and have been behind it in order to make the real legit conspiracy facts seem like they're fake, right? So being aware of the conspiracy truths and spinning off into them won't help anybody, but being aware of them and then maybe implementing that in your own life and taking some action from a place of neutrality and inner peace, you know, you can, because I do portal to ascension. I mean, we're doing uh, 110 events a year. There's around three, 4,000 hours of content every year for the last 12 years. Good portion of them focus on exposing lies and manipulations. And a good portion of that are conspiracies that actually happened on the earth. So 
But what we're doing is we're spreading awareness and we end everything with some spiritual component, bigger picture. Almost all of our presentations and conferences end with the bigger picture of what this really means for us so that we don't get focused and lost on the fear about what's happened. Why are they doing this to us? Well, how, why do they think they control us? What is the bloodline that they come from? You know, it's not really about that. It's understanding what has occurred, realizing it's happening the way it's supposed to happen, and then also understanding how we can make changes within us so that the external reality reflects our inner change. And that's what it really focuses in. Spinning off, though, so I agree, spinning off to a conspiracy theory or a fact doesn't help anyone except maybe put you down a, a fractalized downward spiral in which you're lost and scared and confused. Right. So spinning off into anything is never beneficial, but it doesn't mean that you can't be aware of the fact that there are conspiracies out there. Absolutely. I think a lot of people resist the information that's out there because it rocks their paradigm and they and then they 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 feel fearful that everything that they've believed is not true. And there's like this fear, there's big fear around that. So if that's not true, what is you know, and then so yeah, they they don't want to rock they don't want to rock their paradigm all right darling well we're going to leave it there it's been such a joy it's been such a joy to talk with you today thank you so much so so much wisdom rolled up in one guy i tell you and you're doing amazing things you're thank you doing so much. absolutely amazing things i'd love to collaborate with you more definitely get you down under um i've had that thought for a while there's a few people doing conferences uh, the cosmic conferences, a couple of friends doing the cosmic conferences here down down here. But mm. obviously, what's happened in the last couple of years is they've been knocked out. But um, the galactic conversation and and bringing this conversation into the consciousness, like the you know bringing the near death experiences in and the galactic conversation yeah. and the meditators and bringing it all together into one into one conversation, I think it's really important. Well, just to yeah. say, because you just said near death experiences, just to let everyone know. On April 3rd, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash portal to ascension, we have a 10-hour event, psychology, science, and evidence behind after-death communication and near-death experiences. Cool. So if anybody's interested, check that out. Because, yeah, I agree, just bringing in to all this. It's just different aspects of the one truth, really, right? right. We're looking at it from different angles. Right. And it's been, even in the consciousness community, it's been so com compartmentalized, you know, there's the near-death yeah. experiences and the afterlife people right. want to talk about that and the ET people and the UFO people yeah. and the meditators and the Kirtan and the, you know, yep. and the sound guy. That's, yeah. That's why all, I like to bring it all together. All together. Yeah. Me too. I've got that same desire. Thank you so much. It's been you, so beautiful. Enjoy your trip back to the US and um, I'll catch up with you again soon. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care. Bye everyone. Take care. Bye. Ah, oh, the wonderful Neil Gore. I did have his name spelt wrong. Um, I changed it before we went live, but uh, it didn't populate. But hopefully, if you refresh, if you refresh this, it'll be uh, yeah. His name is spelled G A U R. What did you think of Neil? Did you like him? Isn't he amazing? He's doing amazing work. Thanks everyone for watching 5D events, Sedona conference in June in person. Yeah, there's a lot of events happening. Thanks, Paul. Nice chat. Yeah, it was a great chat. Wonderful chat. Uh, he's, yeah, he's got so much going on on Portals to Ascension and he's collaborating with um, New Realities with Neil and the Wish Alliance with Sheila Seppi and uh, hopefully I would like to collaborate with him more to get the Australian component, <laughs> the Down Under component in with what he's doing. It's um, Thanks, Brad. Thanks for listening and watching. So who's coming up <clears throat> this month in the uh, Inner Sanctum? So the Inner Sanctum is our online um, guest teachers where I invite people to come 
and, and join the Zoom and they can sort of meet the teachers that I'm showcasing. And I'm, I'm doing that once a month. But next month, we've got two teachers coming in. We've got Jeff Granville, who's coming in on, what's the dates? Uh, Saturday, the, uh, what is it? What's the dates? Oh, here we go. The 9th of April, 10th, Sunday, the 10th of April in Australia, Saturday night, the 9th of April. And Jeff's been on the show before. Go check out my conversation with Jeff. He, um, he, he talks about, you know, mindfulness and quantum science. He's a brilliant speaker, but he, his journey was because of the illness of his son and something he experienced in a hospital with his son. There are plenty of dark clouds. It's up to us to make the silver linings, Jeff says. And, um, and then later on next month, on the 23rd of April, Sunday, the 24th in Australia, Rachel, a friend of mine, Galactic Goddess, Galactic Light Codes and Dragon Energy, Rachel Burns is coming on to talk to us um, about, uh, about her journey and um, she's downloading light codes and uh, she's amazing. She's doing some amazing stuff and Dragon Energy, she's incredible. And uh, I'm also uh, working with Sheila Seppi in May co-hosting her awakening conversations for the wish alliance and i'm going to be presenting the galactic gals from down under so we're going to be presenting at least four or five galactic gals from down under to come into the wish alliance and to do the same thing you come on to zoom it's all free or by donation if you're appreciating the work you know you can make a donation i always put a link under every youtube show and inner sanctum show that i do if you do what wish to make a donation there is a paypal link if you want to make a donation also that goes for sheila as well for all the work she's doing she's doing two conversations a week i'm like boy god girl how do you do it but uh yeah i'm helping her in may and um yeah and also the book if you were interested in people's um, conversations with the afterlife including mine which was my awakening when mum died I started asking more questions as, as if I wasn't curious enough as a as a young girl asking my parents all sorts of questions they couldn't answer <laughs> and then mum dies and I start asking even more questions but it is that curious mind it is that inquiry into life just like Neil has you know that that seeking those answers that they will come to you the answers will come to you and uh, it's not always it's not always what it seems, but uh, but the book the book Awakened by Death is a compilation of twelve people's stories. Some people um, having their awakening journey through the death experience of someone they loved, like a child, or through their own death experience, like having a um, NDE. One of our authors, actually Naya uh, Yvonne Ballard, has actually transitioned since the book was written. She she has. I don't think she wrote about it as eloquently or as, as, as excitingly as she spoke about it on the show. But when I had her on the show years ago, her near-death experience has stayed with me forever as she explored, you know, from a point of consciousness, how she could, she could dive into an atom and she could see, be inside an atom and then she could pull herself out and see the multiverse, you know, and go and like fly from that point of consciousness, fly anywhere and discover anything and know anything like this is the infinite intelligence and infinite possibility of who we are as consciousness. And it doesn't mean that just because we're in form, we're in physical form, that we don't have that same access with our consciousness, access all areas. If we want to look inside the body, we can. I can look in. I had a client yesterday and I was looking inside her body. And what's so interesting is she was a singer. And as I saw the distortion inside parts of her body, I started toning and sounding, which is something that I don't normally do, but that was what was required of, for her healing. So it's if we just stay open, 
Like just stay open to everything, to all of it. Stay open, then you can explore and um, participate in so many aspects of the infinite intelligence that is you and your consciousness, your, you as an aspect of the infinite one creator. Thanks, everyone. It's been a joy to be with you all again. Love you big time, and I'll catch you again next time. Bye for now. Got to end this thing. Here we go.